go here. Yesterday I did Gucci, so and today Fendi. So. It's hot. Hey, it's Nikki Jensen and Brie Picconi, and we're late, late to, to the, the party. party, a weekly podcast about film, fashion, and pop culture from two best friends mentally in Genovia in 2001. Yeah, yeah, picking pears. Yes, the Genovian national fruit. Yep. Which I just read, I guess, Meg Cabot, the author of Princess Diaries. She was like very involved with the filming of this movie. And she started to tear up in the scene where they're singing the Genovian national anthem. Really? Because she said like something to the effect of, it was so emotional to listen to a national anthem written about a fictitious <laughs> country that like I just made up. Wow. I mean, I guess maybe it would be, like, for if you created it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. It is. Eating pears, singing the Genovia National Anthem. Genovia seems like a cool place to be. Like, I want to go there. I do, too. I, as a kid, I, I knew Genovia wasn't real, but it was, like, the Harry Potter mm-hmm. of it all, where I was totally, like, when I turn 11, <laughs> I'll find out I was a princess and... Of Genovia. Yeah, you're like, I'm waiting to find out. Julie Andrews is my grandmama. (laughs) Totally. I had that, you know, belief. Same. And then the time passes. (laughs) Yes. Just like I thought Hedwig would come to my windowsill. Yeah. I'm still waiting for both to happen, you know? I mean... Late blooming princess. This could happen. For sure. Well, to be continued. Maybe (laughs) one day you'll just... Brie won't be here. On a pod. So I have duties and responsibilities now. Your wizard slash princess duties. <laughs> but oh. but yeah, we are talking about the Princess Diaries today. Um, starring Anne Hathaway and directed by Gary Marshall. Our man. Our man. Which what is your relationship with the Princess Diaries? You know, I don't remember not knowing this movie. Like I feel like it's always existed to me. I remember watching it a lot with you, like, during, like, sleepovers and stuff. We would, like, wear out that DVD. A sleepover mainstay. Yes. Um, Because we'd always watch, like, a double feature situation because we wouldn't fall asleep right away. We'd have to watch something and then something to fall asleep to. For sure. Well, you and I at sleepovers as kids, we were the rambunctious ones that would not go to sleep. I remember so many times we wanted to stay up until two in the morning and we did oh for sure everyone else was asleep and we're like oh they're so boring and like, like at nine o'clock they were out and we were like bitches <laughs> little bitches like <laughs> yep you can't hang so yeah it'd be like the princess diaries and then something wild mm-hmm. like a rob schneider movie or something <laughs> just something hot chick. the hot chick oh <laughs> you yep. know the Princess Diaries was for the for the masses, and mm-hmm. then, you know. Everyone else is asleep, and we're just watching the hot chick. <laughs> or, like, I remember a lot of Nick at Night. Yes. Just being like, hey, let's watch All in the Family. Yeah, totally. Some fresh prints. For sure. Full house. Yep. Cap the night off with some morals. <laughs> Speaking of, like, nightcaps, though, Brie, mm. I am... So flabbergasted by Gary Marshall's film career. Oh, yeah. Well, because this is, there's so many parallels with The Princess Diaries to Pretty Woman. Yes. And 
it's so cute. And I love Pretty Woman. And this is one of my favorite movies. The Princess Diaries. The Princess Diaries. But there's a lot of, like, the back half of Gary Marshall's directing catalog is the weirdest. Mm, Like, lay it on me. Like, what do you mean? Okay, so, like, the other day, I was flipping through Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Not sponsored, but open to it. Um, And I I clicked on Georgia Rule, which Mm. I'd never seen before. But I know that, like, Lindsay Lohan, this is the movie where she was, like, showing up late on set and everyone, you know, just, like, peak hard times. Yeah. I could not get through that movie. I thought it was just going to be, like, when I was like, oh, it's directed by Gary Marshall. It's not the same. Why? What is it about, even? Like, I've never seen this movie. Is it, like, not lighthearted? It's not. And it's, like, three generations of women. Like the Yaya's? Kind of like the Yaya's. Except it was just... There was something different about it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, like a New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, I think yeah. is Gary Marshall's last film, which... Is he dead? Yeah. Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. I feel like we've maybe gone through this before, but, like, in my mind, he's still alive. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, I, I guess my point is I don't know what he was doing in the later half of the career, but... Yeah. But yeah. No, like... Going through Gary Marshall movies. So, yeah, he died in 2016. So, shortly after um, the ma- uh, the release of Mother's Day. Mm. So, that was his last one, huh? Yeah. He did Overboard. Oh, yeah. Love the- that movie. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Beaches. Bette Midler. Uh, Pretty Women. Frankie and Johnny. Oh, Exit to Eden, a movie called Dear God, The Other Sister, Runaway Bride, mm-hmm. Runaway Bride, which, you know, I have a fondness for in a weird way. Yeah. Um, it's your favorite movie, though, you know? <laughs> of uh, all time. <laughs> the Princess Diaries, Raising Helen, that was Kate Hudson. I think she's on the movie poster with Uggs. Mm. Oh, yeah, I see that. Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement. So good. So, yeah, I guess it was just the back half where it's Georgia Rule, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, and Mother's Day. Hmm. Just all the holidays there. Yes. Interesting. Interesting uh, switcheroony, you know? It is very interesting that he's, like, doing, you know, from the beginning, like, so many different things. And then all of a sudden at the back half, he's like, you know what? I think we should have this, like, it's not an anthology, but it's, what would you even call that? I don't know. Maybe he just got tired, or maybe he just likes celebrating holidays. I know, like, on the set of Princess Diaries, he did a lot of things to, like, when a holiday would come around, he would do it up. Like, they had pumpkin carving contests, they celebrated people's birthdays, so maybe he just has a love for for holidays. holidays. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to make sense of it, because I don't know what you call that. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Have you seen the video, the behind the scenes of Gary Marshall's birthday on the set of The Princess Diaries? And Whitney Houston singing him happy birthday. And Julie Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. So special. Can you imagine Whitney Houston at your birthday? I mean, in my dreams. Singing happy birthday to you. 
oh, to have Nippy sing me happy birthday. Wow. But, but yeah, so The Princess Diaries, it is one of my favorite films. Like, I quote it all the time. It's Shut like, up. <laughs> if I'm not enough of a freak already, let's add a tiara. Um, you know? Yeah. But, um, Voltaire, hair. I know, I'm trying to think what else. Uh. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't crush my soy nuts. <laughs> don't crush my soy nuts. Oh, my God. <sighs> but, no, this movie, it's a seminal movie mm. in my life. It. It's one of those movies where I do remember the first time I saw it. I don't know if you were there, but it was like this movie came around, came out around my birthday time. Mm. So I gathered all my friends in yeah. my neighborhood and we went to the movies to see The Princess Diaries. Mm. It was like a big deal. Yeah. I'm like, was I there? Like, how, when did this movie come out? 2001. 2001. So we would have been friends. We would have. Yeah, I'm like, was I there? I don't know. I feel like I was there. Probably. I would have had to be there, right? Probably. I don't know. You know my memory is like the worst. So. But, but yeah, I remember going to the movies and being like my life. And I think it was like also that age too. It was just like that right age where I, don't know, I got to absorb things. And I was like, oh, this is like like a, a real movie for me. Yeah. Or for like... And, like, Anne Hathaway, I'd never seen someone on screen that I related to more than Mia mm. at that time. Yeah. So, it was just, it hit at the right time. And it was, like, a gro like a tween movie before I was a tween. Yes. You know, I don't know. It was, like, a gateway. It was a gateway. No, she's, like, really relatable. Like, Anne Hathaway, Mia. I mean, it, I would argue that what Gary Marshall did for Julia Roberts and Pretty Women... He does for Anne Hathaway in this. Oh, he does. Totally. I mean, have you seen her audition tapes and, mm -hmm. like, how she's, like, already kind of clumsy and she's not, like, super confident and stuff? It's like, she's already kind of, like, Mia. And I don't know. But then she transforms and just... Yeah. She gets the pretty woman treatment. She gets the pretty... Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And a star is born. A and, star is born. And now we have Anne Hathaway all the time, thanks to Gary Marshall. I know. It's so wild thinking about this being, like, her breakout role. Like... Because before that, she did, um, like, a random Disney Channel show. Mm -hmm. And that was about it. Yeah. Like, this is... She's, like, fresh. I can't imagine, like, if anyone else was Mia. Like, it's, it'd be so different. Or, like, her career trajectory might be different, but... Who knows? I feel like... I know... That Anne Hathaway's talked about how after the Princess Diaries, she was sort of pigeonholed into like the Disney Channel or like the Disney, like the Good Girl. Yeah, like kind of typecast, kind of like oh you're a for kids mm. type of deal, and it was hard for her to break out of that and mature. It'd be like a serious actor. Yeah, because like even you know, because I think the year after. Ella Enchanted, which would be 04, and The Princess Diaries 2. She does Brokeback Mountain. That's right. I still haven't seen Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> You'd enjoy it. Yeah. You'd enjoy it. But, like, she's the only one that doesn't get nominated mm. for an Oscar. And granted, her role is really small, but she's equally as good as Michelle Williams, in my opinion. But she's still in that box. Yeah. And... 
it's not until the devil wears prada where she can you know yeah we see her kind of grow up and kind of take on a more serious role and then she's in les mis and then she gets the oscar for les mis yeah so rightly so yes uh um it was 11 years after the princess diaries <laughs> and then she, wasn't she in oceans was it oceans 11 oceans 10 oceans 8 oceans 8 I, don't know. I can't keep track of all the she's oceans in that one but she's she's in everything now yeah. she's with robert de niro and in the intern riding a bike through her for the office i love that she's you know i feel like it's worked out for her i feel like she still has so much like i feel like she's still in like the early parts of her career in a way like i think so i mean she's still she's 40 but she's someone that like has done a lot in her career yeah in my mind she's like 30 like i feel like she could be cast as like 30 though she looks so good yeah she i mean she still looks so good i i don't know she's someone that's just never stopped for me i think yeah it was like rocky like she she got typecast after the princess diaries but she like saw it through Mm -hmm. she's just talented she is yeah did you ever read because the princess diaries is based on the novels by meg cabot yes did you read those novels growing up i did not i didn't even know they were based on a book did you yes i did not i remember zoning out just because i watched the movie before i read the books Mm. so i remember kind of just being like oh this deviates so much yeah i am too into the movie like this is my universe i know that the setting's different like the movie's in san francisco but the book is it like is it new york or or it's new york because it was going to be called the princess of tripeca at one point doesn't roll off the tongue no the princess diaries is the way to go yeah but but yeah no gary marshall chose san francisco to be closer to his grandkids oh that's so sweet and they make an appearance too right I heard that they were like the deciding factor to get Anne Hathaway in there because she had the best princess hair. And that's the way. That's how we should do all of our casting, to be honest. Leave it up to the little kids. Yeah. They're honest. They're going to tell you straight up, like, if you look ugly or something, they're going <laughs> to, you know. Or like who to pick. It's just an essence. They're they're strictly vibes. Yeah. They go off that. Um, Yeah. No. So this film opens with a very pretty woman-esque intro. Yes. Which it's the city of San Francisco, very much like um, it's LA mm-hmm. in Pretty Woman with like the title card, The Princess Diaries. and I love that. Yeah. Right away, I just know it's going to be a banger. Just like Pretty Woman when they have, what is it? The King of Wishful Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> just like vibing. This one has the same thing. And then like Mia's just kind of scooting around on the hills, like on her razor scooter. Yeah. Just running into trash cans and Yeah. It paints the picture. A hundred percent. It does. I mean, like Mia Thermopolis is Anne Hathaway's character and she How would you describe Mia? Okay, she's awkward. She's quirky. She's shy invisible invisible yeah and she likes it and she likes it yeah she wants to stay that way she's like don't look at me i don't know she's like i'm shy yeah i think it's interesting because like her best friend lily is like the opposite she's like look at me shut up and listen i'm gonna have like a radio show you know what i mean or like you know 
as a kid, I never caught on to the San Francisco-ification of, like, every character. Like, Lily is such a, like, early 2000s, like, liberal e-girl of sorts. Yeah. I never picked up on that as a kid. I never picked up on, like, when we finally meet all the kids at Grove High School. Mm -hmm. Just, like, the little touches that, like, are very stereotypically, like, San Francisco. Like, uh, like, how so? Uh, oh, oh, uh, like, well, Mia's mom's a granola mom. Oh, or yeah. Or, like, an almond mom. True. And, <laughs> almond and granola. Yeah, she's, like, totally, like, a new wave hippie lady. I love that, though. I remember, like, okay, can we talk about Mia's mom for, like, a yeah. quick sec? Like, I just remember thinking she was the coolest. I think so. I'm like, I want to grow up to be Mia's mom. I want to, like, <laughs> have, like... You know, I'm like, I want to be an artist. I want to take a bunch of, like, balloons and fill them with paint and throw darts at them. A hundred percent. I still think she's the coolest. And I think you're on your way. Brie. Yeah. You think so? I'm trying. Brie. I've got my funky pants. You're, you are Mia's mom. Yes. <laughs> no kids, but a, ma- a mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But, no, I love Mia's mom. And I love her, like, three-story... Used to be a fire, fire like station. Yes, home. I love that they have like the fire pole. I love when like Mia comes down the fire pole for like breakfast or to, you know, just like on the daily. How cool would that be? And you have your own tower. Yes, I was so jealous. Just saying, Mia's you were got like it made. You were like um, well, so we are introduced to Mia in the beginning riding her scooter, but we're before anyone else. We are introduced. To Mr. Robitussin. Oh, yeah. Mr. Robitussin. Which I feel like this is just you describing Mia. <laughs> like, like sitting just like. <laughs> there she was. Yeah. into my trash cans again. Which still very San Francisco-y dude. That's what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like this artistic kind yes. of bohemian. There is a bohemian aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Which I never picked up on as a kid. I was like, well, I didn't either. These are just people. Yeah. But I, I like the little touches. Same. Shout out to Gary Marshall. Oh, also in the opening, Supergirl. Like, can we talk about, (laughs) can we talk about this song? It was everywhere on Disney Channel, everywhere on Radio Disney. Yeah. Who is this girl? Who is this girl? Actually, who who sings Supergirl? Where did she come from? Where did she go? Where did she go? It is a banger. It is. And she's like, I'm Supergirl. I'm here to save the world. But who's going to save me? So, so deep. Those lyrics. So deep. Oh, my God. The soundtrack to Princess Diaries. Kind of like Pretty Woman in the way that. Okay. So Pretty Woman soundtrack. It sounds bad. Just like looking at a sound like the listing. Yeah. But in the context of the movie, you're like yeah i'm You're feeling vibing. i'm vibing it and this is like the radio disneyification of it mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts like if we're talking about the soundtrack yes there's like an emotional scene um i mean uh, this is jumping ahead a bit but you know mia and michael is it lily's brother yes you know how they have like a little like flirtation ship for a while 
but she like stands him up or something. Anyway, there's like a scene where like after she stands him up, it's like this song. I don't know what it is, but I I wrote down some of the lyrics. It's it was like too many feelings, emotions running away with me. <laughs> I was like, it was like so cheesy, but it, it fit, you know, in the moment. Like definitely. Is it this one? Oh, this sounds like it. This definitely sounds like it. Yeah, just. I'm pretty sure this is it. <laughs> is it this one? I'm pretty sure. Well, this is BB Mac. Miss you more. Wow. <laughs> Which BB Mac had a moment. I had. It's BB Mac. <laughs> Don't ask me who they are, but they're one of those like trios, kind of like an Evan and Jaren. You know, they're like track number five on a now that's what i call music six or seven oh. you know they had that song i think it was called like back here which was like a bop as a kid because like i would get you know like fye mm-hmm. they would have cds i feel like an old person <laughs> no in my F-Y-E. day <laughs> back in my day you would just buy singles on a cd yeah. hey it's not our fault that technology advanced <laughs> so quickly <laughs> in our lifetime yeah that's crazy to think though like one day we're at the music store buying singles mm-hmm. in cd form and then like literally two years later we're downloading them off itunes yep exactly the world moves Ooh. fast it does but what was the point oh the soundtrack so there was some bb mac there was aaron carter's cover of little bitty pretty one yes i i clocked that one too i was like wait a minute and i'm like wait who was singing this and then i saw it was aaron carter it's like such a weird like i mean that that song is so like interesting anyway like in movies like because it's like old timey it's matilda it, it makes me yeah it made me think of matilda yeah. but i'm like wait aaron carter saying this like what a, that's odd i don't know he, well he was a little bitty pretty one then yeah i'm like who was he to, to sing <laughs> A little bit pretty one, but whatever. Well, th- this is what I'm trying to say, though, about these songs out of context yeah. seem like the worst songs on a soundtrack, <laughs> but in context, they slap. Yeah. Like, I love the Backstreet Boys song, What Makes You Different Makes You Beautiful, into that one. Mm. And of course, Stupid Cupid by Mandy uh, Moore. Oh, yeah, Stupid Cupid. That stuck out to me, like, as a kid, I remember being like, that's kind of a bop, like low key, like thinking that song would be like around in my adult life for some reason, but it's not. Is is that a real song? Yeah, or I think is it's like just... from the 60s or 50s or something like. Yeah, it was originally recorded by Connie Francis, but we're getting ahead of ourselves because I feel like yeah we will talk about me anymore and we will oh, talk we will. about Stupid Cupid. Yeah, we will. So put a pin in that. For sure. And we will talk about Miracles Happen. <laughs> But yes, back to back to the beginning. Let's go back. Let's go back. Sorry, back to the beginning. Um, oh my god, I wrote Mr. Robitussin's in his adaptation era. Love that. Which he really does. Like he's going through it, and he might be my favorite character. Yeah, he's get me. Yeah, he's always got like his robe on, and he's like, it's not like he's just like looking disheveled, you know, and like he hasn't combed his hair in weeks or slept in weeks. He's just stumbling around writing writing about the the teenager next door 
Yeah. And anyone else who crosses his path. I love when he writes about Joe. Yes. He's like, that's exactly what a spy would say or something. And it just like runs away with these ideas. I love when they first, like he's first introduced to Julie Andrews, Mm -hmm. like the queen. And he goes like something about the European lady, something, something, but didn't stay for tea. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's writing it down. Like, I want to know... Mr. Robitussin's version of the Princess Diaries. Yes, can we see that? Like, the alternative, like, through his eyes? Like, I want to see his adaptation of the Princess Diaries. I do, too. <laughs> the adaptation. Because he's, like, living that. Exactly. Maybe that is his. When Mr. Robitussin goes back into his home, he's, like, Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. It's just this. I think so. He kind of looks like it. He has that look about him. Yeah. Yeah. Meryl Streep's inside. Oh, my God. He's like in the in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, anything else? I don't know. I just made a note again about scooters and how everyone was scooting. Do you remember Razor scooters being the coolest thing? But also when you would ride on a Razor scooter, like how many times it would hit your ankle? Yes, that was very painful. I got so many bruises on my ankle, for sure. I'm still like, I have PTSD from Razor scooters hitting my ankle. Like I can feel it right I now. I can feel it too. My ankles, my ankles are tingling. Uh, Cause it's like hard metal. It's They're like, I don't know, like at least 10, 15 pounds, maybe just the bottom part. Maybe, yes. maybe not that heavy, but it feels like it when it swings and hits you. So people are missing today. I know we have like, bird scooters yeah whatever but we people today don't know the pain yeah they don't know the pain also your one leg getting like tired yeah you're just (laughs) oh my god can you imagine scootering up and down the hills of san francisco no uh, like that seems so difficult i think down the hill would be fun to a point except for like how do you stop yeah yeah That'd be scary. It gives me a lot of anxiety. Me too. I'm like, how do you stop? The hills of San Francisco, just in general. Driving down. I mean, this is a a problem in the Princess Diaries, too. It's a real problem. The hills. Yeah. Well, speaking of hills, I don't know how I'm going to transition. The hills are alive with the sound of Julie Andrews. Amen. Um, So, yeah, Mia is like living this fabulous san franciscan artsy fartsy lifestyle with her single mom Mm -hmm. and her best friend lily and just happy being invisible having this mass of hair i love it in the bushiest of eyebrows literally i know i was confused like i guess it's all makeup like her eyebrows don't really look like that which makes sense but at the same time I don't know. They they did a really good job with the makeup. But I guess I had to draw on individual hairs and like attach like glue hairs onto her eyebrows. Like they they really did it up. Genius. I mean, I even love like I don't know why, but I didn't realize at the time that the curly hair is a wig. I didn't either. But- I even in my notes now, I'm like, wait, is that her natural hair? And she straightens it or like, what is it? Because it looks so real. It's a wig and they called it. Like, they lovingly refer to it on set as the beast. Oh, yeah. But it's, like, wig, clip, and extensions, that type of deal. They did a good job. They did. Yeah. Hair and makeup should get some type of award for that. It was Palo. It was all Palo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Mia works at Rock Around the Clock, 
mm-hmm. which is a genius name for a rock climbing studio. Love it. I love it too. I love. I love how she's just like content. Like this is this is an interesting like Cinderella story of sorts because Mia's kind of content. Like she's not cool. You know, besides having like this insane crush on the guy from Brink. Mhm. Um, you know, she's like pretty content. Right. Yeah, she's like I don't know if I need to be a princess. I don't know if I want to. Nah, whatever. Like she kind of she like really loves like she doesn't love being sat on, but she's like cool with like going to class and being sat on and invisible and then after school rock climbing. Yeah. And riding her razor scooter. Yeah, that's all she's a simple gal. She has a cat named Fat Louie. Yeah. One more can you her other bestie? Yeah. I love Fat Louie too. He's so cute. I do too. I always wanted to get a cat named him Fat Louie. It's not too late. Yeah. I love Fat Louie. Um, I wrote the wig is wigging. That was the <laughs> wig is wigging. <laughs> um, I love that. Oh my god, I love in like the opening scenes. So we're introduced to all the the kids at the school, mm-hmm. which is like a private school, and they're all dressed in like uniforms. Yeah, which I always thought like their uniforms are really cool. They're the cutest uniforms. Yeah, and I went to a private school. And we had uniforms or whatever but they weren't like that it was not a fun time i don't know i'm jelly (laughs) no those were cute uniforms yeah which i know that in like debate class mia is all for uniforms because they're equalizers yeah good point it is i mean she should have just been like because they're pretty cute (laughs) and then enough said i like these long skirts (laughs) yeah um but when we're introduced to everyone so we're introduced to josh who has the blonde, like, 90s hair. Yep. And then we're introduced to Lana and the the, fan, the Fantanas. Yeah, I was confused by that because I'm like, wait, that's is that their stage names? Or could there, she's Lana and Anna and Montana. Yeah, I didn't really understand. I'm like, did they make up? There's no way that those three girls have names that rhyme. Like, what are the odds? That's why they're friends, Bri. I guess so. <laughs> Just... <laughs> But they're like the the popular girls. So the cheerleaders. Yeah. Mandy Moore is the head of the. She's very convincing. I love I love Mandy Moore. Same. Um, I always forget that she acted in my mind. Like cause her well, her musical career, too. You forget about that as well. What does Mandy Moore do to you? No, no, no. Like I think about it's like the two can't exist. Like there's like alternate timelines in my mind. Either she sang or she acted and I forget like. I don't know if that makes sense. <coughs> oh my god! I <coughs> sorry. This <laughs> is spit take. You don't know about Mandy Moore. <laughs> do you know Gary Marshall says he doesn't do spit takes? Like, there's no spitting in Gary Marshall films. Good, because spitting's nasty. So yeah, my man Gary again with with the goods. Yeah, I love Mandy Moore. I loved. She was like my favorite late 90s like britney clone yeah because you know after britney and christina and like the bubblegum pop of it all we got like jessica simpson mm-hmm. mandy moore bunch of others that you probably don't remember mm-hmm. and i don't remember but mandy moore was my favorite yeah something about her also candy still hits today great song 
It does. Um, I wonder how she's doing. I wonder what she's up to these days. Well, she was on that, the last, the not the last of us. This is us. She was oh. on that show forever. Oh, wow. Um, but she acts still. And but I was obsessed with her acting career. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to watch her remember how to deal. She's really great and saved. Mm. Yeah. I guess I stopped following her career. I don't know what it was. I just, She's so I've definitely good. seen her in things though. Like I feel like I've seen her in romantic comedies. What's your favorite Mandy Moore song? Because I have a favorite like Mandy Moore era even. Okay. I was a, a Mandy stan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stupid Cupid. No. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Stupid Cupid's a bob. Honestly, I don't know. In My Pocket is my favorite. I think it was a sleigh. In even the music pocket. video was a sleigh. I just don't know why she wasn't bigger. I think it's because her acting took off. Maybe that was it. Like, I think after a while to remember, like, I remember her really quick, like, cutting her hair short into, like, a shaggy early 2000s do and dying it brunette. Yes. And she was just an actor, and people really vibed with that. So I, I think... Maybe that's what it is. She changed her hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who she is. She's reborn. She was. She was. And then now... Well, she was the voice of Tangled. She literally was Tangled. She cut her hair mm-hmm. and there went brunette. Th- that's like the story. I know there's more to it, but... But yeah. She married and divorced Ryan Adams for a bit. You know, she's she's had a, a life, but... Right. How in my pocket's a sleigh. How to deal is one of the funniest unintentional movies of all time. Slave uh, Saved is great. Because I said so. Never saw that, but it's with Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, you know it. it was good. Did you see Because I Said So? I don't know. I don't know if I saw it or just saw the previews so many times. You know, I feel like I did. It's always in my suggested now. Yeah. Like, I think every time I hop on Max. I've seen it on TV, like scrolling. Like, huh. Oh, oh my point, though, was my favorite, like, intro to all, like, her peer, me as peers it's when they're in band class and <laughs> Mia is just like vibing on the drums. Yeah. Just like in her own world, which I don't know why that reminds me of you so much. <laughs> vibing on the drums. <laughs> well, she's like slightly keeping a, the rhythm and she's just like feeling herself. I love that. But I love how Michael, played by Robert Schwartzman, a real musician, by the way, yeah. Rooney, one of my first celebrity crushes. He's I was in love with cute. him. Um, so it's funny because, like, he's sitting at the piano, actually playing the piano, and Josh is, like, pretending to play the piano, and everyone's swooning over him, but he's, like, clearly pretending to play. (laughs) It's, like, so over the top while right beside Michael, who's, you know, just has his head down and just, like, doing it. (laughs) It's just the funniest scene that I never picked up on is he's, like, over the top. Just like like he's, I don't know, Jerry Lee Lewis doing great balls of fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I love I love that whole scene too. Like they're really vibing in this like band <laughs> practice, and then they sing "Catch a Falling Star," which I always thought was really cute. You get to hear Mandy Moore really shining, yeah, with the high notes. Oh yeah, Sandra O oh was also in this. Like yes. she's one of the teachers. I was like, wait a minute, I did like a double take, Miss Gupta. Yeah. 
love it. But yeah, we, you know, early on in the movie, we're introduced to Mia's grandma who has to tell her this big secret mm-hmm. and they have to meet at the embassy. Yes. Which is another favorite scene of mine when she like walks into the, em- like the grounds of the embassy and she's like walking on the grass and mm-hmm. they tell her in like 10,000 different languages to get off the grass. Get off the grass. Yeah. I don't know the other one. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Yes. And we're introduced to Julie Andrews. Which first impressions of Julie, like, what are your thoughts on Julie Andrews? I love period. Julie Andrews. I'm going to quote Whitney Houston and say, she is our Cinderella <laughs> and she belongs to England, but she also belongs to us. I don't know. Everyone loves Julie Andrews. Like, yeah. she's like royalty. I don't know. Like, she, there's just something about her. Like, she's so like proper and like kind and she can wear a tiara well. Very much so. I think like, you know how, you know, Tom Hanks is the the people's, like, dad? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's dad. I think Julie Andrews is everyone's grandma. Yeah. Just even before this movie, there's just something about her that... Like, she will take care of you. She's going to make sure you're, gonna, you're in good hands. But she's going to be, like, kind of strict, but not too strict. She, she'll, like, you know, take you out to the... Uh, the, what is it? The boardwalk? The what are they? What are those places called? Where there's like games? the pier, the pier, and uh, to the arcade and arm wrestle, okay. you know. Like she's so prim and proper, but like when she gets down, yeah, it's a, a sight to see. <laughs> I I love Julie Andrews when she flies on the mattress, <laughs> Princess Diaries too, right? Yes, but with such grace, with such grace. But it's funny, like Julie Andrews, you know is introduced to the world pretty much with like Mary Poppins and the sound Mm -hmm. of music and you know, everything in between. But in 1997, she, she, she has like some throat surgery or vocal surgery. Yeah. And so she can't sing. Yeah. And so this is like, is this her first movie after that? I know it's a comeback of sorts for her. I thought so. I was pretty sure that was, yeah. Because I know for, you know, a while, well, because that's why it was such a big deal for Princess Diaries 2 when she sings Yeah, with Raven. Oh, my God. Don't get me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> She's 87 years old. Honestly, she looks amazing. She does. Um. Okay. I guess she never recovered from a botched attempt to rec- uh, remove nodes from her vocal cords. Mm-hmm. So that's the situation on that. Oh, okay. So from 1991 Mm -hmm. or 92, I guess, to 2000, she did not do any like film work. Um, She was on Broadway Hmm. doing Victor Victoria from 95 to 97 in Dr. Doolittle and the West End from 98 to 99. Mm. So she does some stage work, okay. but but she's not doing a lot yeah. in this time. So The Princess Diaries is, is a, re- a return of sorts. It's this is comeback. her comeback. I love that. She, yeah. she shines in this role. Like, I can't imagine anyone else, like, no, being the queen of Genovia. Was anyone else even considered? Yeah, I don't 
think so. I think they wanted, they said we need to get Ju- Julie, Julie Andrews. <laughs> I was going to say Julia Roberts. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, Julie Andrews. I don't know if it was Whitney Houston. I don't know. One of the producers said they wanted her. I don't. I don't want anyone else like this is no. I think the movie works so well. Mainly it is Julie Andrews. It is Anne Hathaway as well. I think it's the same. It's the same thing as like the uh, the Devil Wears Prada mm-hmm. in the way that Meryl Streep. Is the movie yes. essentially in Anne Hathaway does a really good job of keeping it grounded up at like to Meryl's level. Mm-hmm. I think even as a young person, Anne Hathaway does the same for Julia Roberts. Or- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you did it too. Sorry. <laughs> for Julie Andrews. I think she does the same for Julie Andrews. She does. And they said like they were really impressed like because she is like 17 and she carries this film. I love Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I do too, but I just love it in the way that like Julia Roth. Uh, oh my gosh, I love that like Julie Andrews. It's not like she's working with basically a newcomer. She yeah. is, but it, it is like the passing of a baton, just like in the film. Yeah, it feels like that. It does feel like that. You describe that perfectly. Yes. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> I was trying to think how to articulate that. Yes. She passes the baton. Yeah. The tiara. She passes the tiara. Which, can we talk about that scene? The tiara? Well. The tiara that's not, like, the the tiara on Anne Hathaway versus Julie Andrews. <laughs> that situation. What? I don't know. I guess Anne Hathaway's tiara was, like, more or less, like, costume jewelry. But Julie Andrews was, like, the real, like, diamonds or something. Well, I mean... I don't know if we need to talk about that. Like, that's, a, that's, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, also, we, we've also noted how Anne Hathaway is a kind of a klutz. So, yeah. oh, yeah, that's probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. No, what is it that you were thinking? So, the most important scene in this movie, the most iconic scene. Yes. There's two most iconic scenes that we need to talk about. We've dilly dallied enough. <laughs> We could get into the weeds with this movie. Totally. But for real, the two scenes that we must talk about, first things first, I'll eat your brains now. <laughs> or I'm the realist. Which one? And I'm like, just tell me, what is it? The scene where Mia finds out she's a princess. Yes. Shut up. Shut up. I love how she just tells her grandmother, shut up. And Julie Andrews is like, shut up. She's like, what? You shut your mouth, child. <laughs> I love the dude that's like, oh, that, could, that could mean gee whiz, golly wally. <laughs> you know, I love that too. Just explaining what shut up is. Gee whiz. <laughs> but yeah, so Mia finds out she's a princess in like the most random way. Mm-hmm. She just meets her grandma yeah. at an embassy who she's never talked to her grandma ever. Right. Her dad's dead. Yeah. Which prompts she- Lily to say, it's been two months. Get over it. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um. So, so, yeah. She finds out her grandma's a, the queen of Genovia. Right. And she does not take it well. She does not. And 
I think the guy, whoever her, one of her consultants is, he's like, don't worry, she'll, she'll come around. Cause like, she basically runs off. She's like, I can't do this. Like, I, I want to be invisible. She's like, I'm still waiting for normal body parts to come in. I can't run a country. Yeah. Which understandable. I'd be freaked out too. Like being in high school as to run a country. Like that's a lot of pressure. It is. Especially from a grandma you don't know. Right. I love the the fight or flight response or the flight response. Yeah. It's literal. She's like, nope. See ya. Yeah. And yeah, basically Julie Andrews hunts her down. She does. Yeah. Goes to her house, meets (laughs) Mr. Robitussin. Mm Mm-hmm. And her mom, and they have to convince her to take princess lessons. Yeah. And she's like, all right, I'll try it. They come up with, like, a compromise, basically. She's like, I, I'll, you know, I'll think about it. I'll consider. And she'll make her decision at this ball. Yeah. Which is a fair... I feel like that's, you know, a little less pressure. Yeah. You don't have to be like, yes, I want to be a princess right away. Yeah. But she still has to walk, talk, sit, stand, eat, drink like a princess. Yes. Up until then. So I love like that her first like on her first princess lesson when she goes back to the embassy, she like breaks the statue. Yes. Breaks the finger off and like sticks it in the mouth. Yeah. It's like the funniest thing. (laughs) I don't know. I love that's iconic. Or when they dance the wango. Yes. It's the waltz and the tango. I love Joe, who's Hector Elizondo. Yeah. A Gary Marshall staple. Dress like sh- dresses like Shaft, mm-hmm. and it's just Joe, not Joey. No, but you wanted to call him Joey. No, well, like in that scene when she's in the limo. Oh yeah, she tries to call him Joey, and, and he's, he's like, like, no, no. <laughs> but just like when she's like the Wango, and he's like, no, no. Yeah, he's like, Mm-mm, no. Um, I love when Mia just right out the gate is making fun of queen how she walks mm-hmm. when she's like the princesses don't schlump like this and she's like la, 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 and cracking charlotte up yeah but i also love the dance lessons when mia is just like this is how you dance and she's like bah, bah, oh yeah she's like bah, 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 <laughs> bah. <laughs> which is how i dance <laughs> it's really funny yeah yeah he's like no, you call that dancing <laughs> And then she just keeps like bumping into him and it's like she's physically maybe hurts him. Like, yes. She like elbows him in the ribcage or something while they do a spin. Like when she spins into, I don't know. It's just. She's trying. She's trying. <laughs> I like seeing Joe and Clarice dance. Yes. That, that was like steamy. That's, I, I was, you know, when you read behind the scenes of this, Julie Andrews and Hector Elizondo thought it was really important to have like a mature <laughs> romantic storyline yeah and I, I really love how i love how there's certain things about this movie that are very like these characters feel very lived in for pretty much a kid's movie yeah they do and i love how these two greats julie andrews and our boy our boy Joe. Hector. Yeah. Or Joe, yeah. Or Hector. But to me, he's always Joe. Joe, yeah. Just Joe. Um, Yeah, they were like, we got to, like, give something to the adults. Got to give them something, yeah. And they have, like, these, like, backstories of, like, it's never said in the film, but just reading about, you know, what they were thinking. They were like, oh, the husband dies, like, a couple months ago. Joe seeing this 
you know, seeing her mourn and grieve. And Joe is like, it makes sense. You've been wearing black for too long. I love when he says that. You can feel like in that line, it conveys all those things, like the backstory. You can put it together because, you know, it, it's just like oh, he's I, been waiting on the sidelines for this moment. And then after that, she wears more bright colors. Yes. What a queen. What a legend. And they were actually were attracted to each other on set. I read like they were like, "Ooh, I think you're cute. Like, I think they, they had like a little flirtation ship. And then they were just like, let's write it in there. Like, because Joe was supposed to have, I think, a bit of a smaller role. Hey, I don't know. I'm here for it. I am too. I think that's wild, mm-hmm. but awesome. <laughs> I love it. We need that in children's movies. Yeah. We need the like adult subplot. Right. I love it that it's like, su- it's like nothing too crazy, but it's just like, you can just, I don't know. You can feel the chemistry. Their chemistry is through the roof. Yeah. Which speaking of chemistry, what are your thoughts on... Mia and Michael. Michael, he seems cool. You know, he's like a a musician. He fixes cars. Fixes he plays cars? guitar. He's super hot. He eats M&Ms. Yes. Which I like, until this watch, I didn't realize, well, one, how much Anne Hathaway and Robert Schwartzman actually look alike. Yeah, that part does bother me just a little. Well, it also bothers me on some level because you've seen Virgin Suicides, right? Yeah. Well, Robert Schwartzman plays the little kid in Virgin Suicides or like one of them. And like he's like 12 in that movie. When I was 12, I look exactly like Robert Schwartzman. (laughs) And like I started feeling very uncomfortable this rewatch of Princess Diaries being like, why am I so attracted to this man? I kind of look like him. <laughs> like, I don't know if you can. I don't know. I, I feel <laughs> I could see it. But even like when we were like, yeah, you got us the Virgin Suicides look. again. Because yeah. that's Uncanny Valley. Like, but Anne Hathaway kind of is in that bracket, too, of like looking so much like your romantic. Yeah. It's like, are they brother and sister or are they a thing? It's kind of hot, though. You know, it's kind of messed up that it's it's Swissmas and like gross if they're two blondes. But if it's two brunettes, it's hot. Huh. Is this, you know, not racist? Is this prejudice? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Because you know what I mean? Like, if you see two tall blonde people together, you're like... You're oh. like Get away from me, you kissing cousins. Yeah. But Anne Hathaway and Robert Schwartzman, you're like, now that's a brother and sister that I'd like to see <laughs> get together, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about? I love this take. Yeah. I, I do. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. Like, we as a society are like, get out of here, you blondes. Yeah. And we're like, well. I'm like, we'll let it slide. Yeah. We'll endorse this. It's like that Instagram account. Like, are they lovers or are they related? Yeah. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Some food for thought for the listeners. This is what Shut Up and Listen should have been. Yeah. I think think Lily should have gone on and been like, so my best friend and my brother. They kind of look related. Anyways, thoughts on this guy. (laughs) That'd be great. We should just change our podcast to shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I like that. 
Um, second most important scene of the movie. The makeover. Oh, okay. what were you going to say? Yeah, no, no, no. Definitely <laughs> no, no, the What's the second important Well, scene? this might be the third, but like the dinner scene. Oh, yeah, yeah that's the third that's, for sure. Yeah, but that's the third. The makeup is... The transformation is important. I just forgot that we haven't. We touched on it, but we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this needs to be. We need to take a beat for the makeover scene. Yes. Because this is. And I know this is like an age old trope. It's kind of a dying trope. The ugly swan. The ugly duckling. Yeah. Um, Trope. But I love it. I'm sorry. Also, like taking off glasses. And making them hot. I get it. I love it. Um. It is not an insult, by the way. I was in an audition class once, mm. and you know, I was kind of hated in college uh, towards the end. Uh-huh. Anyways, you can. I'm just giving yeah. an antidote. I'm sorry. This is shut up and listen. This so. is shut up and listen <laughs> now. But no. So as an insult, a girl stood up and was like, "Because we were all going around and saying like, what kind of typecast each other would be? Because oh. it was an audition. It wasn't class. supposed to be like, get up and we're gonna insult you. That wasn't the no, part no, no. Of the class. It was like give feedback on like what kind of role like you'd you yeah. know you'd be typecast as. And one girl stood up and was like, "Yeah, Nikki is like that really annoying trope of like a girl with glasses and then." Like, like, she's all that, basically. Yeah. Everyone rolls their eyes at, like, the she's all that. Like, once a girl takes off her glasses, like, she becomes ten times hotter. Yeah. It is true, though. It is, yeah. But, you know, they usually ugly up. They ugly them up, and then they show the girl who's already pretty. You know what I mean? Like, the, the movie magic is interesting. You know what I mean? Yes. I guess, I guess... That's how one of the ugly duckling tropes can go. I guess when people really do say they get annoyed with it, it is literally the Rachel Lee Cook where and you've never seen She's All That, have you? I thought we watched it together. Mm-mm. Oh, She's All That. Not not uh, not that other one. Never mind. Yeah, no. <laughs> they literally just put her in overalls and glasses. That is it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then in the scene when Freddie Prince Jr. realizes she's hot, she's wearing a red dress and doesn't have glasses. So it's like Superman Basically. in that case. Like, that's not a real transformation. But it is, in a way. I mean, like, to, I think, actually, in real life, I've experienced this. When you take off your glasses. Yes. People treat me different mm-hmm. in just the world. I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, <laughs> people are stupid is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. My point was, like, this is, like, a tired trope where you can either have the she's all that mm-hmm. or, you know, I think this is, like, one of the really cool examples yeah, of the makeover scene. I'm a sucker for it. Same. Especially when it's, like, I mean, it's just, like, they're, I feel like in the most cases, just, like, in um, Pretty Woman, it's, like, bringing out their natural beauty anyways. You know what I mean? So it's not, like, too over the top. It's just... Yeah, I don't know. Self care, just get a little judge. Like, oh, that like I think with Mia, it isn't so much of like a makeover scene as like her stepping into who she's going to be. It's like a transition into adulthood in yeah. a way. Like not having like a mask. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. also not invisible. Yeah, this makes her kind of more visible. Like, yes. Like, she's cool with being invisible. And yeah, like, this is taking off the mask. Mm-hmm. And being like, you know, self-care. Like, put a little effort into myself. Yeah. 
Is this the rain? Yeah, that's the rain. We're listening to the rain. This is an ASMR podcast now. <laughs> Holy moly. I thought it was a faucet. It literally like... <laughs> so relaxing. No. Any other thoughts on the makeover scene? Or Palo? I, Palo. I just like how he's like, only Palo can take this and this and give you a princess. A princess. Like, yeah. I like the photo reveal. You know, like it's it's cool. Builds up anticipation. I also love... um. You know, like when they brush her hair and the brush breaks? Yes. And then they broke her glasses and, and Mia's like, you broke my glasses. And Paolo's like, you broke my brush. Uh-huh. I mean, I always thought that was a little extreme because people need glasses to see. <laughs> Not if you have contacts. True, but it's like you should probably get them first before you break someone's glasses. It's true. She's going to be like scooting and being like, ah, you know what I mean? Just bumping like, into the walls. Home, she'll look fabulous. Or maybe they, maybe they, do they? Maybe they picked her up in the limo. Now that I think about it. Anyway. Well, you don't need... When you have a limo, Joe is driving you in a limo. I guess nothing matters. Yeah. You're fine. I love... um, I just love this makeover scene. I love her princess straight, like, blowout. Mm -hmm. So nice. And she doesn't have that much makeup on. It's just like... Just a touch. Just a touch. Yeah. Yeah. It's just lovely. The reveal is... And it's very satisfying. I think because we go all this way with Mia already. Mm-hmm. So it like hits right in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And then when she catches a glimpse of herself in the mirror, she's like, whoa, this is me? Yeah. I don't know. That part's cool. I love it. And I love, um, well, not, you know, I love Michael's reaction to it. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, just floored essentially and lily's super jealous yeah she's such a hater she's like how dare you look good like i don't even know who you are it's like whoa now yeah but but i get it yeah i get it um i think lily's more upset that like she knows something's going on yeah but she's not telling her well like in Lily, in defense of Lily, one day Mia's on a scooter with like Bushman <laughs> eyebrows, and the next day she's uh, driving in a limo. Yeah, and gets a makeover. Yeah, it makes sense that she would be a little like perturbed, like something sus. Yeah, and she does call her out until, and then she's like, she's like, friends, tell, like, what's going on? And then when she tells her, she's like, oh my god, she tries to wear. Like, Mia still wants to be invisible, so she wears this, like, kind of cute bucket it's hat. It's a very cute bucket hat. Is it wool? It looks like it's wool. It's like gray, and it's like a fancy bucket hat. It's a sleigh. Yeah. And Lana, that bitch, calls her out. Yeah, she's like, no hats allowed in class, right? And everyone's like, Mama Mia, look at Mia. She's hot now. She can't catch a break, though, because they, like, kind of make fun of her for looking hot. You look know? who's trying to fit in. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, my God. And Lily, that's when Lily goes, Voltaire, hair. I'd much rather talk about Voltaire. Yeah. Oh, meanwhile, the debate teacher is dating Mia's mom. Oh, yeah. So she really can't catch a break anywhere she I goes. forgot about that part. We don't even... Did we even get a follow-up there? Does he go to the dance at the end with the mom? I think mom? they end up together. Like, in Do Princess they? Diaries 2, they end up together. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so that's complicated. On that. It's very Gilmore Girls. You know what I mean? Like, very, like, Lorelai. For sure. Right there. Yeah. For sure. Just saying. Maybe that's why I just, like, accept it as, like, a plot point. I'm like, that's not too crazy. I've seen... Gilmore Girl. Seen this before, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, anything else? Oh, um, Joe, when Mia's feeling bad about Lily mm-hmm. getting on her case, being a, a jealous bitch, um, Joe says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> Another special lady like yourself or something. He says something like that to her. Like, I don't know. I love Joe. He's like, he's the real like knight in shining armor. He is. He's the real Prince Charming. He's the real Prince Charming. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love when they go to the royal dinner party. Yes. And she like tries to use like she tries to remember all the you know like what fork to use and everything she's doing pretty good but then she sets someone on fire (laughs) and has to put the fire out i don't know there's like so many like um like physical comedy moments and it cracks me up every time so the uh the the waiter from pretty woman's in it too yeah so that happens all the time happens all the time like I love how everyone at this table also tries to make her feel better. Like when she eats like the ice cream too fast and gets the brain freeze, she's like, "Oh!" They're like, "Oh my god, we'll do it too." Yeah, except that one couple who's like coming for her tiara. Oh yes, they're like, "This will be ours." And but everyone else is so sweet, and everyone else is laughing. And I know, like, she's embarrassed, but like even the queen, like Clarice, is having a fun time. Yeah, like she charms everyone instead of. Just being a royal mess. Yeah. I love that. I don't know. They really yes and her, you know? I love it. I love to see it. I love when she's like, I want to make a toast and breaks the glass. Like, So good. So good at physical comedy, too. Yes. Does does Anne Hathaway do a lot of comedies? I feel like she should. I feel like she's got it. Yeah. Maybe she should do more. Yeah. Yeah. I want to... We... We're talking about Jennifer Lawrence. Where's our Anne Hathaway? Right? Do you remember when everyone was pitting them against each other? And just like, in like back in 2014? Why though? Like, because Jennifer Lawrence was the cool girl and Anne Hathaway was trying too hard, mm, essentially. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I remember that. But I, I don't know. I always I'm related to Anne Hathaway. So I was always on that team. But Same. now that I'm a J Law stan and also an Anne stan, let's put them in a movie together comedy oh my god that would be great yeah i'm here for that but still a psa that jennifer lawrence is still young Anne hathaway is 10 years older than her technically so but you cannot tell oh no definitely not but cast him in charlie's angels <laughs> yeah she'll be like the really klutzy angel though setting people on fire i'm here for it Ooh, for one second can we talk about the, you were talking about the state dinner scene. Mm-hmm. So there's this periwinkle gown that Anne Hathaway wears. And it was actually inspired by Princess Victoria of Sweden. Um, and the costume designer Gary Jones described it as a bow to the Renaissance and Romeo and Juliet, accessorizing it with 18 karat diamond ring. Ooh. So. Very fancy. Yeah. I love that dress. That color on her is really pretty. It is. Oh, and I guess uh, Julie Andrews' state dinner dress is an homage to uh, the stage role as Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady and was handmade in China. Oh. So that's on that. That's on that. 
But I love how that's like, I don't know, everything else fashion-wise is quintessential 2001. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that aspect of it. Like, Julie Andrews is very, you know, kind of Dior-inspired or like Chanel. Yes. Or Bill Blass or Bloss, you know? And then everything else is, even down to the blue fingernail polish that Mia wears. Yes, I love that. It's just the little details. Yeah. I love Lily's, like, butterfly clips that she wears. Choker. Did you wear a choker? I feel like there's a lot of, like, chokers. And that one dude with, like, the fire engine red hair. Favorite. Love it. With the uh, the iMac. That's, like, the legally blonde one. The colors. Mm Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Um, did you know that the mayor of, like, San Francisco, like, the actual mayor was in the movie playing the mayor? Oh. Yeah. They were going to hire someone, but then um, I, they just got him to do it, I guess. I like it. I don't know. It's kind of fun. It makes it, it kind of grounds it, I guess. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What else? I feel like I could talk about this I movie know. for, like, Ages. ages i'm like how are we gonna ever stop ourselves like who like do a part like, two i feel like there is a point but there's a lot of scenes we could go through mm-hmm. but what's another i'm i'm trying to think of like the beach yeah the beach scene, scene. yeah because that like to me is one of those scenes that are like seminal in my life because she talks about the foot pop and she's like when you kiss someone you know, for the first time, you want to have your foot pop. I remember that, too. Yeah, I remember thinking. Like, the foot pop is, like, very important. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she goes with Josh, who asks her out, and she blows off Michael and blows off Lily for shut up and listen. Yep. Like, we have that scene. Um, any thoughts on the beach party? I remember, like, as a kid watching this, being so disheartened at, like, all the things that were happening. I was like, they bullied her. No. I just remember being like in those emotions and now watching it now, I'm just like, I still feel that, but I'm like, dang girl, like these, like you can't trust anyone. Like, why would you trust these people? Why would you go to the party? I get it. Like, yeah, cute. But you know, it's kind of, it's very sus because it's out of the blue and he doesn't really show any interest in her. You know, like it's, it's just like, I'm very sus about it. Like, I know what's going to happen, but still, you know, it's just, or like when, uh, Mandy Moore and crew steal her clothes that's really mean it's very very mean yeah because they seem like they're on her side for a second they're like girl oh my god that guy's horrible look we saved your clothes and they even have a chain like they really they really thought this prank through Mm -hmm. they're like oh we've got a changing tent here she won't even think twice she'll be so you know and they expose her to the paps yeah and she's like practically naked like she's in the middle of changing that's like so rude like it is i feel like it's so mean yeah it's like girl but mandy moore does think stupid cupid so yeah so you win some you lose some <laughs> True. I suppose. yeah i'm like why was that their song like it's not it really isn't like a bop it's just i don't know and i think it's a bop really yeah like you they make it into a bop but it's not like who would think to use that song you know because they're at the beach <laughs> i'm in the fantasy <laughs> you're like i believe it i believe everything about this movie oh uh also josh looks very chic 
very nautical chic. Like he looks like he popped out of a J. Crew catalog mm-hmm. with his striped sweater. I am into it. Yeah. Like I know he's a douchebag, but I'm very into the fit. Yeah, no, he I agree. Very, very cute. Um, and I love how, you know, she tries to do the foot pop and she like gets stuck on a like a fishing net. Yeah. It's like you know, it's it's not a good it's sign when popping. you yeah you can't pop. I love when she sends like the sorry pizza to Michael because she like you said like she stands him up, she stands Lily up. Yeah, but that's all. I guess uh that's all you gotta do. Send a pizza with sorry spelled out on it. It is one of those scenes that she does the sorry pizza. She she does come into her own though. Like before that, you get the softball scene. Oh yeah, where Josh is making fun of her. Yes. Oh, and I she love that. Hits the softball and it hits him. Yes, right where it hurts. Yes, and then you know Lana is making fun of her, and then she cones her. I love it. Yes, Lana got coned. coned. Lana got coned, and then you know she sends the sorry pizza. Like she's. I think this movie, which I didn't really pick up on, like, growing up, was it is a movie about, like, coming into your own and finding your own voice. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, overtly. And taking responsibility for your actions. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it's not, like, overtly like that. So so I just think it's it's cool how, you know, this one event at the beach happens to Mia. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, oh. Like, she, she, like, takes that. And she's like, I got to make it right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, can we talk about the scene, like, the leading up to the ball? Mm-hmm. The ball scene, the final scene. Yeah. So she sends the sorry pizza, and she gets stuck in the rain. Yes. And her Mustang stops working. It's terrible. Her baby. I love that she calls her car her baby. Oh, the first time uh, Queen Clarice finds, like, she's like, her baby. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what? <laughs> oh. But. It's like a convertible, too. But it won't, con- it's not, like, doing the thing. No. She really can't catch a break towards the end there. Like. <laughs> no, it's like that growing, the growing moments. Yeah. And she comes to the ball, just, like, in her clothes. Sopping wet. Yeah. Well, Joe finds her, right? Somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe comes through. My man Joe. Yeah. Again, like. <laughs> he always comes through. Yeah. It's like he know He like somehow. He's like, I know where she is. <laughs> he has like the, the senses. Yeah. His Joe senses were tingling. Yeah. But yeah, she has that speech, the monologue to everyone about being a princess. I love how she also is like, she shows up with her hair drenched. She's in like a hoodie. Like she didn't have time to change, but she's like, she's there. And that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Not being perfect. I think that's also like a message, you know, because she is kind of klutzy. She's kind of, she's figuring things out. Like she's not perfect, but she's very charming somehow still. And she shows up when it's important. Yeah. That's what growing up is all about, right? Yeah. She passes all the princess tests. She does. Being a princess is all about. Yeah. And then she gets to dance with Michael and she gets to have the foot pop. 
Yeah. They do the robot together, which was which is like my couple's goals. Yes. Cause he sees her when she's invisible. Yeah. Uh, the waterworks. It gets me every time. Same. It is a cute little story. I mean, I don't know. I love this movie so much. It's they do too. It's just so heartwarming. And all the extras do such a great job. Like it's fun, like the dance montage at the end. I love it. I love yeah, I just love the personality in it. I even love like the little character quirks and like the ad libs. Like I love when Anne Hathaway's on the bleachers mm-hmm. and she falls. Yes. And like hits her herself on the bleachers and everyone like comes to her aid, but it's that like really happened and they just kept shooting. I love that. But I love I love Gary Marshall's like, when he is on, he is on. And, like, I love just the way every single actor gets to have their moments and personality shine. And he doesn't, like, skip through it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how to articulate it. He but. seems like he'd be great to work with. Because from what I saw, he, like, like in the behind the scenes, um, well, Anne Hathaway talks about how, like, if you don't feel comfortable with a line, you, you know, you just say, like, what you think the character would say and he'd work with you and come up with a new line, like, things like that. Or just making the set super fun to be on. Like, people would look forward to going to work every day, which is really awesome. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to create a film, it should be, you should be enjoying the process. I want to be on set on a Gary Marshall oh. film. It just is, yeah, it just, there's so much joy in this movie, I think. Yeah, it's still giving. It is. Uh, After all this time. It is it is one of those movies that hold up. Yeah. I love it. And it was a box office success. Like, surprisingly so. Um, I, my iPad died, so I don't have, like, the stats. Mm. But I do know this is, like, the same weekend. It comes out on August 3rd, 2001. Mm. it's in the top three of the box office it it does well um it's like in the same week as like rush hour two. Oh yeah and you know i mean summer oh. of 2001 is really like you said giving anyways but okay so i found out it's one uh it's 165.3 million is the um what it grossed at the box office so that's like a lot Especially for a kids movie. Like yeah, for what it was, I feel like that is a lot. It's a Gary Marshall fa- it is yeah. a, it is like the pretty woman ten years later. I mean not to beat a dead horse, but Yeah. Do, are they gonna make a third one? <laughs> should they? They should not. It's been too much time. Gary Marshall isn't around, right? Yeah, he's dead and I think Okay. Hot take. The Princess Diaries 2, while I love it for what it is, it is not... The Princess Diaries is such a perfect movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need any follow-ups, but... Yeah, and the follow-up doesn't... It's just not as good, quite frankly. And there's a lot of things in that movie that just... That work. There's some things that work. There's some things that just, like fall apart yeah i have issues with some things in that movie as well yeah and there's way more you know i think 
it is very cool that this movie, The Princess Diaries, gets to live in this like kid tween universe, mm-hmm. but also in this like it feels like a proper film. Yes. And Princess Diaries 2 feels like half a proper film, half a Disney Channel film. Yeah. Like there's too much raven in it, too much. <laughs> I always you know. forget. Like, I haven't seen that movie in so long, but that like unlocked my memory when you said rave. It does have Breakaway as the song. Oh, yeah. Like, which that also, is a sleigh. Yeah. But it's also, it, it cements you, I think, in this soundtrack for the first one, you get so much indescript pop music. Yeah. You know, I feel like the second one you get, if you're like Lindsay Lohan's on the soundtrack, Kelly Clarkson, Raven. It timestamps it more. But yeah, it does. And it also cements it as like Disney. Yeah. And I think this time, like the mid 2000s is like Disney Channel is popping off. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it just puts it into this weird box. I agree. Also, it's like very weird to see like Lily and Mia in like so much lip gloss and so much juicy couture, it like track pants, like talking about Prince William. Yeah, there's some things about it that are like cool. Yeah. But also not timeless. Yeah, totally. I agree. I'm here for it, but I just don't want to see a third. Like, what would that I, I don't be? know. Yeah. And Julie Andrews better be in it if there was. But yeah, how would that, without Gary Marshall, be hard to... I think two's enough. We're fine. I think so, too, because also, what are they going to do? Yeah. Go down, like, a mattress slide again? Like, yeah, what are they going to do? Like, she's princess already. Like, what? And we've learned from Anne just like that. I do not care. Like, there's there better not be kids. Right? And now what? Anne Hathaway has children? Ew. Gross. I feel like Lily. I'm like, Ew. And she ends up with Chris Pine, which I love Chris Pine, but also like in my mind, no, Mia and Michael are endgame. What if Mia and Michael come back together? Like Chris Pine dies. And just like that. He's not a Peloton. He's not even that old, but he's like, he has heart problems or something. He's he's on a Peloton, but also doing the, the archery that he was doing oh you know? at the same time it was dangerous maybe he like he he got himself with the arrow because yeah. he like tripped like while he was pedaling like he like flipped over into it like, like something silly and yeah. then well because michael isn't the reason he didn't return something to do with it like real life like the band was touring and that's they wrote that in there as well yeah so maybe the band's not touring anymore yeah he comes back he comes, he comes back. to see her in genovia yeah or maybe mia is like, I'm done being the princess. Yeah, she puts the crown away. I don't yeah. know. There's too many things that are a liability. I don't think we need a Princess Diaries 3. What yeah. do you think? No, definitely not. I don't I don't want to see it. I don't know. It's fine the way it is. I don't want to see them old. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I think that would just ruin things for me. I mean, they're not super old or anything, but I just don't want that idea. I don't want idea. a reminder that I'm aging. <laughs> True, or like I don't want a reminder that they're no. Aging. I want them like, cemented, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Anne Hathaway looks great, and I and Julie Andrews looks great too. But it's just that idea. Like I feel like yeah. HD. Like even if Anne Hathaway is looking slaying, like you know Chris Pine, 
has mm. aged a lot. Yeah. Still hot, but it's aged. Yeah. Um, What's her name? Uh, Heather, Heather Mas- Mas- Maserato? Maser- I don't want to say that, too. I think it's Maserato. I don't know. But anyways, she looks a lot older. I haven't seen Hector Elizondo and what he looks like in a hot minute, but what if he looks really old? I can't deal I can't with that. I can't take that. I would cry. Yeah. I'd be like, no. Yeah, there's too many variables where I would be very, very sad. Yeah, it would just make me depressed. <laughs> yeah. Mandy Moore has to come back for the third one. I think if they're going to like bring it back, they have to really commit. Yeah, bring back the guy with the red hair. Yes. Really bring them all back mm-hmm. and just shove Sandra it in our oh. face. Sandra O oh comes back. Yeah. Um, they actually look really good. All of them do look good for their. They, they do. Maybe this is the one that could work, but plot wise, I don't know. Yeah. Plot wise, I don't, I don't know what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what could happen? We already have the Princess Diaries 2 plot mm-hmm. where she decides to rule, but not choose a man. Right. What yeah, but where do you do? go from there? Yeah. She chooses a man? I know. That's not the Gary Marshall. That's, that's not the not, Gary Marshall way. That's not what Gary Marshall and Nippy wanted back in the day. We can't. The ship has sailed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we're not here for... No. Why do you think they, like, bring back... They want to bring back everything all I the time? don't know. Laziness? Lazy writing, or like, I don't know. I think maybe just milking things like a cash cow situation. They're like, oh, this worked before. Let's do this again. Let's really like the Marvel kind of thing of it all. Like, maybe just banking off people wanting to experience nostalgia. But honestly, just pop in the Princess Diaries or the Princess Diaries too and just enjoy it. Like, it's because they can't make money off of that. That's true. Well, I don't know, not to really timestamp this episode, but the actors just went on stray. Yeah. We might not have movies, so it's everything's gonna be like AI. I'm like so I was trying not to talk about that, but like it is what it is. It's it's very dark. It it is like I was thinking about it last night and it, it sent like this like ping in my heart mm-hmm. where I'm just like, you know, if I have an idea or if anyone has an idea like, they have a vision if they want to write, if they want to direct something new. Mm-hmm. Like, even in a little way, because because of the actor strike and the writer strike, like, we're probably for a hot second going to be getting terrible content. Terrible content. But also, I, you know, the, the only things that are going to be new are going to be from TikTok or from YouTube. So if anyone has an idea or a vision, we're in 2023. We got to create it. True. You know, the only way out is to use what what we have and create new things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like Daddy Zaslov and all these, you know, Bob Iger and whatever, they're not going to make our dreams come true. They're not Julie Andrews. They're not Queen Clarice. Right. Like all these people won't even pay. Like basic basics or like you know no one's getting residual checks like they used to like it's fucked up you know with streaming that's just this model's not working and Mm -hmm. the people at the top are so arrogant and you know i just who knows it's bleak it seems very bleak. bleak yeah but it really does like it is a time where like young people like us 
If you got an idea, just make it yourself. Yeah. Rate it yourself. Yeah. Produce it yourself. You can. We do have so many tools. And keep doing that because the Marvel movies are, are Legally Blonde 3 isn't going to save us mm. from this. And like, and our, like movies are so important and that kind of art's so important. And I agree. I do feel like we're getting closer and closer to idiocracy, like in the way that like, you know, like their TV shows or movies are all nonsense, like in the future. And it's just like fart jokes or something stupid. I don't know. I feel like. You know, if we rely on like AI, like how, like nothing's going to be new because it's all, all AI does is regurgitate ideas that already exist and like mix them up. And, but it's not like, um, it's never going to be the same as like, uh, like a real human writer with human experience, you know, like, yeah, it's not, it's never going to come across because we're human. So we're going to pick up on the things that, yeah, are human. Like the, the great thing to, circle it back to the princess diaries is we're talking about loving this movie after 20 plus years Mm -hmm. because of the gary marshall's attention to detail the actor's ability to think for themselves think as the character to ad lib to you know yes all these options to live in a world breathe in a world Mm -hmm. and that's why it really comes across and why it's timeless and people love it. I don't know. I think, you know, also writer strikes. We're going to get a lot of like reality TV. Yeah. Which does seem like idiocracy. Like, have you seen yes. that uh, Frankie Jonas and Kevin Jonas reality show? Um, I've, I haven't seen it, but I've seen like I know of it. Like I've seen cl- like it's weird. I don't like I don't know how I feel about that. I think we're going to get a lot of that and mm. a lot of things that are very close to like idiocracy tv so gross basically yeah i'm not here for it no i'm did you see fran drescher pop off she's my hero i know i love um because you know she's the president of sag i love that one episode of the nanny you know where it's she's at the picket lines yes i love how i've seen that so much on tiktok now because of fran drescher you know in the actress drink oh so that's fun. I love yeah. that. Also, like, they're straight. Like, it's it's like a double whammy. How do you do anything if actors and writers are both on strike? It, it needs to be done. Yeah, I think so. As long as it takes. I mean, you know, the system's gonna implode. Crumble, yeah. So, I don't know. You can't rely on things like that. Mm. And, yeah. So, that's on that. And that's on that. <laughs> But like, don't lose hope. Like, don't we're lose gonna, hope. Yeah, it'll know. it'll get better, right? It's it has it's to. just not gonna change. It's just gonna change. It'll have to change. Yeah, but we gotta create what we want to create. That's right. So be the change you want to see. Yeah, or, that's I mean, what Joe would say. Yeah, that's what Joe would say. Joe would say you've been wearing black way too long. <laughs> you yeah. know, but yeah, I think if anything, that should be like an incentive to create new things yeah because that old system's not working so totally agree that's all that's all i have to say about that yeah period i don't have anything else to say either yeah i don't know how to (laughs) i don't know how to wrap this up now okay how many how many princess waves would you give the princess diaries thank you for being here today thank you for being here um 
I'd give it like five out of five. Princess waves, yeah. I give it also five out of five razor scooters. Mm. Yeah, it's just perfect. Five out of five Mr. Robitussin's trash cans. Five out of five foot pops. Five out of five fat Louis. <laughs> oh my god, that was one detail too. The, have you seen like the behind the scenes, like like the camera they were using while filming? They put like a replica of Fat Louie. Like it's like a stuffed animal cat that looks just like Fat Louie on top of the camera. Like it's so like goofy. I don't know. I love that. I love that so much. <sighs> Here for it. Well, yeah. thank, thank you, you for being, being here today. today. Uh, make sure to rate and review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production. <laughs>